Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Um, the reporter who wrote the article for the, in 1897 uh, with regard to the crashed UFO and dead alien occupant, uh, he did a terrible job. Uh, and I think that's something that needs to be addressed finally. I, actually, it's just something that, that uh, just really occurred to me. Not only did he do a bad job, other people did a bad job at the time too. Um, now, I'm sure a lot of you are aware of that on April 17th in 1897, in the small little uh, Texas town of Aurora, uh, something crashed. It was a... Uh, it was and it was reported uh, two two different articles in two different newspapers, um, and uh, and then and and, the, and a being was actually discovered. A dead alien being was discovered and, and buried in a cemetery. But uh, I, I in, in my previous podcast, uh, I was uh, talking about how the when the cover up the the actual government cover up uh, with regard to UFOs and extraterrestrials started. I believe it started on July eighth, nineteen forty seven, because of the Roswell uh, crash. Well, I had received a message uh, from one of the guys from the one YouTube channel that I always talk about, UFOB, and he pointed out that there were other crashes before that, and he mentioned the Aurora, Texas. Uh, crash uh, but you know I, I've talked I did talk about this before and uh, I, I just think that people just didn't you know it's it seemed to me that it's very possible that the people there just didn't understand how big of a deal this really was um, but I, I there's other aspects too that I never talked about before and I think it's time to talk about them now uh, basically after this event happened there was an article uh, that appeared in the Dallas Times Herald and uh, and this was in April of uh, 1897 after this event happened. And here's here's what the article states. Uh, it says, a windmill demolishes it. Aurora, Wise County, Texas, April 17th. About 6 o'clock this morning, the early risers of Aurora were astonished at the sudden appearance of the airship which has been sailing through the country. It was traveling due north and much nearer the earth than ever before. Well, I'm going to just stop there for a second. Uh, of course, at this time in 1897, there was a lot of sightings of what, what people were calling airships. So that's what they're talking about there. So it's not like it's uh, they weren't expecting something. In, in a way, there were so many different articles in, all over the country you know, at that time about these airships. But anyway, continuing. It says, evidently some of the machinery was out of order for it was making a speed of only 10 or 12 miles an hour and gradually settling toward the earth. It sailed directly over the public square and when it reached the north part of town collided with the tower of Judge Proctor's windmill and went to pieces with a terrific explosion scattering debris over several acres of ground wrecking the windmill and water tank and destroying the judge's flower garden. Uh, the pilot of the ship is supposed to have been the only one on board, and while his remains are badly disfigured, enough of the original has been picked up to show that he was not an inhabitant, inhabitant of this world. Mr. T.J. Weems, the United States Signal Service Officer at this place, and an authority on astronomy, gives it as his opinion that he was a native of the planet Mars. Papers found on his person, evidently the record of his travels, are written in some unknown hieroglyphics and can't 
cannot be deciphered. The ship was too badly wrecked to form any conclusion as to its construction or motive power. It was built of an unknown metal resembling somewhat a mixture of aluminum and silver, and it must have weighed several tons. The town is full of people today who are viewing the wreck and gathering specimens of the strange metal from the debris. The pilot's funeral will take place at noon tomorrow. And then it was the author's name is under it, S.E. Hayden. Um, now, S.E. Hayden actually did a very nice job of depicting the simplicity of what happened here. I mean, he, there's a lot of details here. Uh, so, you know, he, he did a great job on this. Uh, unfortunately, nobody, the story just went away then. It, it actually, it, it, after it was not only in that newspaper, but there was a, another newspaper that it appeared in too. It was, uh, according to uh, an alien agenda written by uh, the late uh, investigative reporter Jim Mars, uh, and that's in that book in the introduction there's a section where he talks about this uh, aurora crash and he talks about that there was a similar story uh, that was published in the fort worth register but but in this account it did not mention the hieroglyphics and stated simply the pilot who was not an inhabitant of this world was given a christian burial in the aurora cemetery so uh there were two articles that appeared and then the story just goes away i mean that's unbelievable it's unbelievable that that happened, uh, but it did. And uh, there's actually proof of this. I mean, the, the, the proof in, in 1973, some UFO researchers, including Mars and uh, the late Bill Case, uh, were, you know, found out about this, this incident. And, and not only that, but that there was still the grave, the grave of the alien being still existed. And there was a headstone there that had a carving of, of the spaceship on it. That's, that was there since 1897, since this thing uh, died. So there was actually evidence to, to, to back this whole story up. And uh, somebody ended up stealing that uh, original headstone and it was never found. Uh, and also, uh, apparently, there was some, some of the metal from the uh, uh, craft was actually buried uh, at the, in the grave with the alien. Um, and actually, Bill Case in 1973 had a metal detector and, there, and he determined that there was metal there. Uh, and of course, the, the the alien's body. What if there was any remains left? Still, might have been there too. But uh, not long after this became a big story in 1973, um, the headstone got stolen, and also uh, somebody snuck in in the middle of the night and and poked holes in the ground and used some sort of a vacuum to suck all the metal and whatever else was down there up. So uh, that's what happened there. So, but the whole thing, and I did talk about this before previously. I know at least a couple of times about how had you know this been a, been a bigger thing in 1897 then th this whole there would have, have never been a cover-up it would have been a known fact that there's uh, an extraterrestrial presence uh there's alien worlds and uh, this would have been known for you know since the 1800s imagine but people dropped the ball i mean to me i think this really happened because of the proof the the the, the fact that there was a, a grave for this being uh i mean uh these people that ran this cemetery association in 1973, when this became when this became a big story, they actually guarded that cemetery every night because they didn't want anyone to go digging up that grave. That that was unholy. You can't do that kind of thing. And could you imagine? I would imagine that the same kind of people back in 1897 would have felt the same way, and they wouldn't allowed uh, some phony the, the the construction of some phony grave, right? Uh, there are actually some people out there, skeptics, who will say that uh, uh, really this was the, the reporter was just trying to get some attention to the 
uh, to this little town. They wanted to try to get a train to go through it uh, to bring to make it a bigger town so it would grow. And, and they they wanted the train to come near it, so they they put this story together to to try to uh, uh, seduce some uh, railroad baron to run his tracks by by uh, Aurora. Now I don't think I believe that story because why would you have you're not going to convince the some holy uh, Christian uh, cemetery association to put up a phony grave uh, of an alien being in the cemetery to attract a railroad company? That's something that's just not going to happen that's a crazy idea the whole idea that a town would do something like that create some uh fake story a hoax just to try to get a railroad to to come by their town i mean that's just i don't i don't believe that but particularly because why there's no way uh that uh, you know devout christians you know that were living there at the time would ever allow something like that would ever put a, a phony uh, create a phony grave in their cemetery uh, to put some uh, pretend alien being to as part of some big lie i just don't see that happening so I don't believe that. I, so I, I, to me, it really happened just because of the fact that there is a grave there. However, um, you know, when this was brought up to me yesterday, or just recently, I guess yesterday, I think it was, yeah, by uh, one of the guys from uh, from US uh, UFOB, uh, it was brought up to me, and I uh, I responded, I and I said. Uh, like he, that was one of the things he mentioned. And I said, I have talked about Aurora before, and I believe what happened is that nobody in the scientific world saw the article. Or if they did see it, they probably didn't believe it. The military at that time wouldn't have cared. The writer of the article, meanwhile, wasn't smart enough to contact any scientists. He wrote the article, but there was no attempt on the reporter's part to get comments from scientific authorities. I was a reporter for 13 years. Actually, it was 14. I thought about that last night after I wrote, I already sent it. That's was actually 14 years that I was a reporter. There is no way a good reporter could be blind to an incredibly big story like this. Also, the editor of the paper didn't do his job either. Why weren't there follow-up articles? Why weren't reputable scientists contacted? The Aurora case might be the biggest journalistic blunder of all time. Yes, I do, I do believe that. I think that you could look at this and say this is one of the biggest journalistic blunders of all time. Because, uh, I mean, if you're... Uh, I mean, if you're running a newspaper and a story like this comes in, I mean, you're going to want to contact some other people, right? Or actually, if you're the editor of a newspaper, let's start with the editor. The editor sees a story like this. Hey, wow. Wow. An alien being crashed. And he, you know, he see, he sees the article and, and he sees that there was some astronomer contact and, he, and that's all he, he thinks, oh, that must be enough. Uh, so I guess we, there's nothing we could do. Uh, we'll just throw the story and it's not that big of a deal. Uh, but, and I, I just can't imagine that you, that, that somebody who was handled the editor, whoever handled this article was, was completely dense, not doing their job. I mean, they should have been contacting the reporter and having him go try, try to talk to, uh, other scientists to alert them to this, you know, going to, should have been, uh, there should have been, uh, uh, like professors from colleges and stuff showing up in Aurora, you know, there, there really should have been, I mean, if you, if you, they, and they didn't do their job. This reporter did not do his job. I mean, he should have known uh, that, you know, this is a giant story. I mean, the fact that there's a, 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 a man from outer space basically is dead, has died here. It seems like it seems like the way this whole thing went down, it's like uh, the whole opinion of everyone's like, when this happened, it seems like, well, you know, poor guy from outer space just... 
he crashed and now he's dead. Uh, nothing we can do. I guess we just take him up to cemetery and uh, bury him, give him a Christian burial, and then just move on with our lives. Nothing we can do. It seems like that's the whole attitude that was that everyone had at the time. It's like they just they acted like there was nothing they could do. All we could do is bury this, and we move on with our lives, and there's no big deal here. And that's sad. I mean, it's unreal. I, you know, I, th I do think it's true that uh, obviously this article, even though it appeared in two different newspapers at the time, it's 1897. So it's very possible that uh, some people who saw it, maybe they thought it was a joke, right? Maybe some people looked at it and said, I don't believe that. I mean, just that's too fantastic. That must be a joke and just completely dismissed it. There could have, been, there could have been some scientists that did that. And maybe there was a lot of other scientists that just never knew about it. And and who's this guy uh, who was the astronomy expert? Like you would have thought, okay, this Mr. T.J. Weems, he's the, uh, the United States Signal Service Officer at this place and an authority on astronomy. He, he gave it his opinion that it was a, a native of the planet Mars. Like why didn't this T.J. Weems, why wasn't he like contacting somebody? Like like if this, this guy has uh, fancied himself as an authority on astronomy, you would think that, okay, you know, he would realize this mr tj weems he would have understood at the time that uh that this is big news and we need i need to contact some people right you have to wonder why did it happen maybe he did and nobody wanted to touch it with a 10-foot pole maybe it was just too no we don't want to look at that or or maybe tj weems just thought it sounded too incredible even to him and he and he just felt like if he tried to tell somebody this maybe they, they would think he's totally crazy who knows what really happened but it seems like somebody really dropped the ball in Aurora in 1897. Uh, I, I would have to start with the reporter, though. I mean, I, I think that, you know, he did a good job giving the, the just the laying out what happened and the facts and, and basically the end game that, that was buried in the cemetery, okay? Uh, he, he, he did a good job there, but he, he needed to go a little bit further. He even had an expert. He even had the, the, uh, an author, uh, the authority on astronomy, T.J. Weems, to give him a comment and give him the, I tell him, you know, inform him that it's a person from, from mars you know but why didn't he contact other people why didn't weems contact other people why did not the editor of the newspaper not re you know not do more there needed to be more done at the time because obviously at that time there would have been no interest by any military in the world of trying to reverse engineer this and i just think you know it was it would have been pretty much accepted and nobody it wouldn't have been tried and covered up there would have been people who would have, after a little bit it would have been like up in arms about it, like saying a lot of religious people out there who, who, who this would go against their religion. So I think some people would be up in arms about it. Not everybody, but some. I mean, but I mean, we would have been over this hump already if if these people had done their jobs, especially like S. E. Hayden. I mean, as a reporter, you know, you, you you can't drop the ball like that. This guy dropped the ball. He did a good job with the initial report. But there needed to be at least at least one follow-up. I mean, this is the biggest story of all time. How could it not have been? It's just funny like that it was published in two different newspapers. Each story is a little bit different than the other one. It's just some things changed around. And here's another thing. These stories were, you know, you, you look at these old newspapers from back then, right? These stories are squeezed in there, you know, like, you know, really. Uh, and, and not only that, you know that, the, that so a lot of times when you write an article, when I was a reporter for uh, 14 years, when you write an article, a lot of times the editors will chop, a, you know, uh, sometimes a, a good third out of it. So there might 
have been even more information that was reported that was in this original story that we'll ne we don't never made it to print and we don't even know what that is could have been other very interesting uh information that we don't have and that's very possible because the articles were a little bit uh from each newspaper uh and the one newspaper was slightly different it was slightly cut up but not as long as the other one and it was you know they, they moved some things around and that's how editors operate so it actually would have been editors from two different newspapers when you really think about it editors from two different newspapers completely failed on this on this whole story how could they have not have seen how big this story was how could they not have been trying to reach out to uh you know scientific organizations colleges universities to find out get some uh smart people in and and hey they're saying that this is a man from mars you better check this out i mean this should have been a big thing at the time but a bunch of people dropped the ball uh and they just acted they acted for the most part indifferent that's what it seems like it seems like everyone seemed indifferent because as far as they were concerned well he's dead there's nothing we can do well, hey, we'll we'll take him up on the in the, the church cemetery there we'll give him a christian burial and we'll all just uh move on with our lives that's what it seems like anyway uh we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk about um some other crashes that happened before roswell in addition to aurora Okay, we are back. Uh, just recently, uh, uh, UFOB, one of the YouTube channels uh, that I uh, follow, that I tell everyone about, that's really good. It has a lot of good uh, stuff on there. Um, you know, they, they they posted something on Twitter. It was an old uh, article from November fourteenth, eighteen sixty five, in the Brooklyn Daily Eagle from Brooklyn, New York. And uh, we got to, this article is unbelievable. It's about something strange that crashed. Uh, in the Rocky Mountains back in the 1860s, imagine. It says here, remarkable phenomenon, a piece of the moon found in the Rocky Mountains. And this was actually an article that they had received that originally appeared in the St. Louis Democrat. So here it says, Mr. James Lumley, an old Rocky Mountain trapper who has been stopping at the Everett House for several days, makes a most remarkable statement to us, and one which, if authenticated, will produce the greatest excitement in the scientific world. Mr. Lumley states that about the middle of last September, he was engaged in trapping in the mountains about 75 miles or 100 miles above the Great Falls of the Upper Missouri, upper Missouri and in the neighborhood of what is known as the cadet pass just after sunset one evening he beheld a bright luminous body in the heavens which was moving with great rapidity in an easterly direction it was plainly visible for at least five seconds when it suddenly separated into particles resembling as mr lumley describes it the bursting of a skyrocket in the air a few minutes later he heard a heavy explosion which jarred the earth very perceptibly and this was shortly after followed by a rushing sound like a tornado rushing through the forest a strong wind sprang up about the same time but suddenly subsided the air was also filled with a peculiar odor of a sulfurous character these incidents would have made but slight impression on the mind of mr lumley but for the fact that the ensuing day he discovered at a distance of about two miles from his camping place that so far as he could see in either direction a path had been cut through the forest 
forest several rods wide, giant trees uprooted or broken off near the ground, the tops of hills shaved off, and the earth plowed up in many places. Great and widespread havoc was everywhere visible. Following up this track of desolation, he soon ascertained the cause of it in the shape of an immense stone that had been driven into the side of a mountain. But now comes the most remarkable part of the story. An examination of this stone, or so much of it as was visible, showed that it had been divided into compartments, and that in various places it was carved with the curious hieroglyphics. More than this, Mr. Lumley also discovered fragments of a substance resembling glass, and here and there dark stains as though caused by a liquid. He is confident that the hieroglyphics were the work of human hands and that the stone itself, although but a fragment of an immense body, must have been used for some purpose by animated beings. Strange as this story may appear, Mr. Lumley relates it with so much sincerity that we are forced to accept it as true. It is evident that the stone he discovered was a fragment of the meteor which was visible in this section in September last. It will be remembered that it was seen in Leavenworth in Galena and in the city by Colonel Boonville. At Leavenworth, it was seen to separate in particles or explode. Astronomers have long held that it is probable that the heavenly bodies are inhabited even the comets, and it may be that hereafter some future Columbus from Mercury or Uranus, Uranus may land on this planet by means of a meteoric conveyance and take full possession thereof, as did the Spanish navigators of the New World in 1492, and eventually drive what is known as the human race into a condition of the most abject servitude. It has always been a favorite theory with many that there must be a race superior to us, and this may at some future time be demonstrated in the way we have indicated. Now that is very interesting. A very interesting article. The fact that this was something that somebody wrote in 1865. First off, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, was it a crashed flying saucer? Was it was it extraterrestrial? I mean, the guy's talking about hieroglyphics. Now he's describing it as stone, but maybe it was something that was. I mean, maybe it was something like stone. I mean, who knows? I mean, is, is that what this trapper was talking about? Something like stone. But the reporter, whoever wrote this, now it doesn't have a name on here about who wrote this, but to suggest, like to have those suggestions that, you know, any being from, uh, you know, outer space would do the same thing that human beings do and basically take control of the planet. Basically, that's amazing that some that people were actually thinking that way in 1865. That, that's, that's something else that... Even back then, people, some people were smart enough to see that that's a possibility, that any, anything that comes here, uh, they might just want to colonize. And that's, you know, your first thought, your first impression is, is usually the correct one. Um, but, I mean, I guess that was something that they had to think about at the time. And this guy's talking about something that crashed into the side of a mountain into a, you know, it was a big thing and there was hieroglyphics on it. I mean, for one thing, let's face it, there's no meteor, right, or anything like that that's going to have hieroglyphics on it. I mean, it must have been some sort of craft. If there's hieroglyphics on it, obviously it had to be some sort of craft. But it's a very uh, interesting story. It's very, it's, you know, I mean, it looks, seems like this stuff, I mean, it's very possible that it's been happening the whole time we've been here. <laughs> you know, who knows how long things have been, you know, vi you know, here, other beings besides human beings. Who knows how long they've been 
watching us or how many different kinds have, have, have come here. Who knows? It's probably countless. We probably wouldn't believe it if we were told. Uh, and that's not the only other one. There was, a, there was another interesting uh, thing that uh, allegedly happened in 1941 in uh, Cape Girardeau in uh, Missouri. Uh, again, I, I I don't know. I mean, they're, they're, the difference between stories like this one and and things like Roswell is that there's just so much more. You know, there were a lot of witnesses. I mean, really, this one here really lacks witnesses. You know, it, and that's one of the problems with this story. So it's really really hard. Even though I think it's possible, you know, and 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 if it really did happen, well, uh, that that opens a, another can of worms, and we'll we'll talk about that. Anyway, it says, here's, here's an article. I'll leave the link for it. It was in a publication called uh, southeastarrow.com. It says, six years before the Roswell UFO incident, Reverend William Huffman from the Red Star Baptist Church was called by the sheriff around 9.30 p.m. and taken to the scene of an accident so he could read the victim's last rites. According to Michael Huntington, local travel writer and UFO researcher, Huffman found himself praying over three extraterrestrial beings after their flying saucers struck ground in rural Cape Girardeau, in a rural Cape Girardeau field. The story of the UFO crash has been long Researched since the 80s when Charlotte Mann, a former Cape Girardeau resident, told the story about what her grandfather experienced 40 years prior. According to Huntington, Huffman was taken to a field where a group of firemen, police officers, and eventually the military were taking over the scene. Upon arrival, it was a very different situation. It was not a conventional aircraft as we know. He described it as a saucer that was metallic in color, no seams, did not look like anything he'd ever seen. It had been broken up in one portion and so he could walk up and see that see that man said in a tv documentary about the crash the crash did not just feature the ufo though there were also some bodies three alien gray alien type beings about five feet tall big heads and big black eyes huntington said there were said to be three aliens two dead but one seemed to be still be alive this is the one huffman performed his duties on first when huffman was finished he was sworn to secrecy by the military personnel who had taken over the area according to ufo casebook files with the united states on the verge of entering world war ii anyone on the site was sworn to secrecy as a concern for national security not only were eyewitnesses sworn to secrecy but research leads to believe that the military also removed all evidence that ever happened like all crash stories like this the military came and took everything away hushed everyone everybody to secrecy and took the materials away to who knows where Huntington said usually the Wright Patterson Airport base in Dayton Ohio is the place they took that took that stuff within folklore and it's covered up I just want to stop here for a second now so you know there's this idea that uh uh so if this happened, if this is real, like, again, there's just not enough witnesses here, but it does sound like it's something that could have happened, I mean, the way it's described. But you have to wonder, in 1941, at that time, where America was about to get involved in the war, and and if something like strange like this happened, it would be hard to believe at first that, that it's aliens. I mean, it would be, it might take time to come to that kind of determination. Even if, even if like this priest who went there and, 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 and was, you know, was asked to do the last rites on these beings, right? Even if, if he looked at them and, and in his mind, he didn't think they were human. That doesn't mean that the military officials at the time are going to look at these and, and just think right off the bat that they must be from outer space or, you know, or have that thought right away. I just don't know if people in 1941 would have known that, uh, these were, would even thought that these things could have been from outer space. 
right at that time like that might not have been even entered their mind for all they know for, for they th their first thought probably would have been in 1941 the way things were going the way war was really starting to rage over there in europe right uh and we're and we're also having to deal with japan you know the way things were going uh you know i think the first thought is that this is some this must be some sort of trick or something to scare us from from you know from japan or, or germany or something you know that's that could have been what the thought was at first because this would have been very difficult in 1941 at that time to to think otherwise because at that time you know it was a scary time it was unknown which direction the world was about to take i mean had the nazis and japanese won and and i mean who knows what the world would be like right now uh so i i think at that time in 1941 I just don't know if it, it, they might have just dismissed it at the time. Like they, they might not even like at that, that, that time, United States officials might have totally dismissed it, put it off to the side, not even thought about it because what are they going to do? Uh, and not only that, it would even their scientists would have a hard time coming to the conclusion that this is extraterrestrial. But then I would think, say, say that was something that was kept top secret from 1941. Nobody concerned themselves about it. There was no, you know, the, 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 the way it sounds here, it sounds like the ship was so just beat up that there was no way to try to reverse engineer it. They probably didn't even think of that at first, if this is true. But, you know, maybe it was just something that was forgotten, put away just like at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark when they put away the stuff. At the, so at the time in 1941, all that stuff was just put away because and they thought that it was some it could have been some sort of trick caused by one of these one of these people from Europe, one of these countries from Europe trying to play games or maybe the Japanese. And this is really we're not seeing beings from another world. We're seeing manipulated human beings of some sort, or, you know, that could have been the initial thought. It might've taken a long time for anybody within the government to come to the finally that conclusion that it was extraterrestrial at that time. I think in 1947, it would have been a different story because here again, the, uh, the war had ended. United States came out on top. I mean, nobody else was in any, any position to come up with any kind of new technology like that right and so the united states knew it wasn't them and then they you know so now yeah this is this ain't from any other country this is extraterrestrial you know the people who handled it originally that that 1941 case if it did happen might not not, not have thought it was that important they might have treated it the same way that the people in 1897 aurora texas treated the, the crash right not that big of a deal i mean what are you gonna do well, we won't tell anybody though it's it's uh, not uh, something people want to talk about you know or maybe we don't even want to know about you know so they just, you know, threw it away and forgot about it and there was really nothing done about it during because we were busy with the war. We were busy with the war then. So I I, I mean if it did happen, who knows? Uh I don't know. I mean, I'll leave a link to this article. I mean, it's interesting, and there's a lot of articles out there. In fact, there's some books, at least one book out there that I want to get. I I never I, I have to get around to buying that book and uh reading it. This is a, a story that does really interest me. But again, I don't know if it's you know, it's it's not as it's, there's just not as enough uh, evidence for it as there is with something like Roswell. Actually, I think there's actually more evidence uh, with the, the Aurora case. In my mind, actually, has more evidence. I mean, you actually had there was actually some people with the Aurora, Texas, 1897 case in 1973 when people, you know, reporters realized about you know understood that you know. Uh, this story that this is something that you know people say happened when they started interviewing people um you know some of them i, I know there was at least one guy that had been a, a young kid at the time and remembered the whole of remember the event happening and how people were, were talking 
So there, and there was a lot of other people who were interviewed over the years, uh, who, you know, they, as far as they were concerned, yeah, the people that they knew said, yeah, it was something that really happened. It really happened. And a lot, and a lot when they were kids, they would always run up, you know, to the cemetery to look at the grave of the, the man from space, the man from space. So, yeah, I think that there's more evidence with regard to the Aurora one than there is to this Missouri 1941, but it doesn't mean it didn't happen. I just don't know. Again, I think the most evidence that you could find is for the Roswell incident because there was just so many witnesses who, you know, went on the record. So, but yeah, uh, there, you know, so there, there have been crashes obviously before. There's probably tons of crashes that have happened over the centuries actually that we just don't know about and we never never know we'll never know about and i'm sure there'll be cra uh, crashes in the future and so one of these times uh one of these crashes might turn out to be uh you know might turn out to be the how disclosure comes about that's 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 very possible <laughs>